Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode. There and uh, it is well, huh? So Romans chapter number 11, you guys just hanging poor Jordan out to dry. That's what it was. Um, Romans 11 is where we're going to be today. And um, been going through a series on the book of Romans and um, verse by verse, but really uh, just kind of going passage by passage. And so um, I have enjoyed it. It cracked me up um, when we were at uh, when we were in Hawaii, um, we walked into church and uh, they handed us uh, the notes and the bulletin and, and that kind of stuff. And we filled out a visitor's card. And I didn't really pay attention to what it was, so just shoved it in my Bible, and I went and sat down. And uh, after the 10-minute handshaking time, the pastor got up, and uh, he said, Open your Bibles to the book of Romans. We've been going verse by verse through the book of Romans. I was like, maybe he'll be in Romans 11, and I won't have to study this week. But he was in Romans 5, so <laughs> must have started a little later than I did. Um, and, uh, it, but it was, it was really good, and I think, what was the title of the series? It was something about the gospel. So it even, made, it even validated that, that I was like, man, I even nailed the title. So, uh, but can't really escape uh, the book of Romans. In fact, it has been almost humorous. Um, I, as someone who preaches and teaches and stuff, sometimes you don't always get to hear preaching. And it's been hilarious that almost every time that I have gotten to hear a message over the course of the last couple months um, has been, um, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. I'm like, oh my goodness, like someone preached out of something other than Romans. Like, I, But it's been where I've been living, and so um, I hope to be a help to you today. If you um, are in your spot, Romans 11, we closed la uh, Romans 10 last week, but I want to kind of uh, refamiliarize your with it, um, well, I guess not last week, two weeks ago, Jared taught last week, but uh, two weeks ago we closed Romans chapter number 10, and we talked about the going with the gospel, how the, the message of the gospel, the receiving of the gospel. Well, today as we kind of move into Romans 11, Romans 10 verse 13 is kind of the, the crux of, it kind of brings everything to a head. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so as we kind of move to the back half and the back part of the book, what you're going to find is that Paul is going to get a lot more specific toward Christians and toward the people of Israel and the, and the Jews and how everything coordinates. But today, I want to talk to you about the people of the gospel, the people of the gospel, and specifically this idea from this passage in the first six verses of Romans 11 is how does the gospel resolve my loneliness, okay? How does the gospel resolve my loneliness. I already mentioned that I got to be in Hawaii for the uh, for uh, the young adults conference. But when the pastor was preaching out of Romans, he made a statement that was very applicable and, and that was very truthful. And that honestly, I wish I would have thought of as we went through this series. But he made this statement. He said this: that the same gospel that forgives and covers your sins on the day that you get saved is the same gospel that forgives and covers your sins as a young adult, 
as a, as a parent, as a husband, as a wife. And sometimes what we have the tendency to believe is that the sal salvation is the miracle of a moment, okay? There is something wonderful about accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. But in that miracle of a moment, what we forget so many times is that the gospel we are receiving in that moment is applicable for every moment that we will face from here until eternity. And so in Romans 11, we actually have an Old Testament reference. I'll show you that in just a second. But the Bible says in verse number one, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then, it is, then is it no more grace? Otherwise, work is no more work. I love the phrase there in the middle of verse number six. It says, otherwise, grace is no more grace. If you have your Bibles and can flip with me to 1 Kings chapter number 19, 1 Kings chapter number 19, I want you to see the story that is being referred to in this passage. I'm going to read it to you quickly, and then we're going to dive into just a couple of quick applicational thoughts. But 1 Kings chapter number 19, this is right on the tail end of Elisha standing up, and he, or Elijah standing up, and he has just defeated the prophets of Baal, okay? Let's, let's recall that story really quickly because it's, it's important to understand 1 Kings chapter number 19. When Elijah calls down fire from heaven, does anybody remember what happens after that? Like, how, how, what is the outcome of the prophets of Baal? Do you remember? It's a very, like, calming story. They get fried, yes. How, how do they die other than getting fried, okay? He kills them, yeah, okay? So, which, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, that's a prophetess, like a prophet's calling just to, like, nope, you don't agree with me? Cut your head off, like, all right? But that's kind of the way that God, God handles it in this passage, okay? So in 1 Kings 19, Elijah just prays down fire from heaven. It consumes a wet altar. These guys over here get killed because of their lack of belief in God. And let's look at 1 Kings chapter number 19. Elijah runs for his life. Jezebel's trying to kill him. And look at verse number 10. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thine covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. Who just killed 400 people with their sword? Who was it? Elijah, okay? He was the one taking names at this point, all right? So he's just killed 400 people, but his statement is, they've killed all of us, God. Like, we don't have anyone left to stand with. And it says, and I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. The Lord shows up in the wind, and, or doesn't show up in the wind. He doesn't show up in the earthquake. He shows up in a still, small voice, and then in verse number 14. Okay, So God speaks to him in a still, small voice, and look what Elijah's response is in verse number 14. And he said, 
Almost like God didn't hear him the first time. I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Skip down to verse number 18. It's almost like God's like, you big baby, I'm going to give you some help, all right? Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. In Elijah's deepest moment, one of his darkest moments, God speaks to him and then follows it up and says, you have someone else who is alongside of you. He ends up finding Elisha at the end of this passage who goes on to serve with him. But here's what I want you to understand is there is a community within this thing called the gospel. And it should resolve our loneliness. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your gospel. And Lord, while I know that many in this room, they see the gospel in their rearview mirror of their life, may it become something that is very real and applicable to them today. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us from your word. May we understand the community and the support that we have been given because we have accepted you as our Savior. Lord, may we lean on that. May we, may we begin to understand how it affects us. And God, I ask that you would help me today as I speak. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have um, studied or read or paid attention to the news or social media at all, you understand that we are living in one of the loneliest times in society, which is almost hilarious when you consider how connected we are, right? But loneliness is a very real thing. In fact, the percentages of, of college students and high school students who say that they are lonely is very real. Now, for some of you, that, that may mean that they're lonely because they don't have someone to date. That may be that they're lonely because they don't have friends. That may be that they're lonely because they're just a loner, okay? That's kind of where I'm at, all right? Um, but they, people are saying, I'm lonely. During COVID, one of the things that you found was that loneliness really had an uptick in people's lives that when everyone got, got disconnected from maybe the support group, even people at work, like people at work that you hated, you're kind of like, I would love to see those people right now, okay? And so this loneliness thing kind of got driven even deeper into our culture. And if you look at the side effects of loneliness, that it really takes away your purpose for living. It takes away so many of the joys of this life. But one of the things that we miss when we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ and we talk about the church that is the result of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that you, as a child of God, have been given people around you, the work of God in their life to support you, to, to help you in your dark moments, to help you understand that you're not alone, that you're, you're not facing life by yourself. And here's what I want to accomplish in today's message, today's lesson. I want you to stop seeing church as something that is only for you and something that helps someone else. So many times we come in and we sit in a service and we just think like, well, I'm here. I'm here to get my food, okay? I'm here to get fed, and that is a part of church. Don't miss that, okay? There's some people that they're so social at church that it's like, hey, we're preaching time's starting, all right? Sit down and shut up, all right? But... We sometimes just show up and it's just kind of like, well, give me what I need. And here's what we miss. 
is that a small encouraging word of just, hey, how was your week? What's going on in your life? Is there anything I can pray with you about? Is there anything that like anything that's going on that like, hey, do you have a job interview this week? Or did you have a date this week? Don't ask these questions, okay? But like just in the back of your mind, be thinking them, all right? What what's going on? And that is the community of the gospel. You want to know one of the most encouraging things that you can do to someone is when you ask them, hey, how's things going? How, how what's going on in your life? Is there anything that I can pray with you about? Sometimes it catches me off guard when someone asks me that question. I'm not the type of person who, who is very open with what's going on or anything in my life. And sometimes I'll have a friend that will be talking on the phone and say, hey, man, is there anything I can pray with you about? And it's like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, let me, get, let me pull out my list here. But if you can just understand that you are not in this thing alone, there is a sense of peace and a sense of help that comes along with that. And so I want to quickly give you three thoughts about the people of the gospel, and not even necessarily the people of the gospel, but how God uses the people around you to help you move forward in your Christian life. The first thing and first principle that I want you to see is this. God takes care of his own. I want you to look at verse number one. It says this, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. What ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. He asks a question here at the beginning. He says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Have you ever sat and looked at what the world, what's going on in the world and thought to yourself, how am I ever going to make it through this? Like, how am I, like, if the world continues to go the way that we think it's going to go, and the way that, like, all the doom and gloom and, and just the, the horrible things that we see, sometimes, even as a child of God, you have the tendency to look at it and say, like, what am I going to, like, how am I going to, get through this? How, how am I going to maybe keep my job? How am I going to keep a relationship? How am I going to feed my family one day? How am I ever going to afford anything more than a tiny home? Okay. If prices keep rising and my, and my, like if the cost of living keeps going up and my cost of my cheeseburger keeps going up, like I'm never going to be able to afford more than like I'm trailer park. Like that's all, that's the best I can do. Okay. Sometimes we have a tendency to kind of look so big at the future. They're like, wow, so much for the white picket fence. Like, I'm not going to need a white picket fence to keep my one child in their six square feet lot that I'm going to own, okay? We can kind of look at it and say, like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to survive this. Psalm 37 is one of my favorite passages, and it says this. It says, God has never let his, or has never forsaken the righteous, or his seed begging bread. Do you realize that as a child of God, God is never going to forget you? God is never going to give up on you. And in your moments of loneliness, here's what I want you to understand. It is not God who has forsaken you. Sometimes when there's a breakup, sometimes when you lose a job or, or maybe you lose a relationship with a coworker, or, or you lose a relationship with a family member and there's just this overwhelming sense of loneliness, you get the tendency to think, well, God's left me. 
No, the truth is, is that because of sin and because of humanity, there has been a distance in your relationship with other people. Okay? Well, God, how could you ever cause this, this perfect guy or this perfect girl to leave me? I, I thought that this was the one. I thought, I thought this was who you had for me. How could you do that? You've forsaken me. Please listen to this. Don't mistake the, the forsaking of men as the forsaking of God. Don't mistake the forsaking of men as the forsaking of God. The truth is, is that in your moments of being forsaken by men, the only person who hasn't forsaken you is God. So rather than say, God, why have you left? And you run away from the one person who's standing there and helping you, who's ready to walk through this valley with you, please don't miss that you can run away from him or you can run to him. And in this passage, one of the things that Paul very adamantly says right at the beginning is he says, God's not going to forsake you. God's not going to forget you. Imagine being in the church of Rome at this time, okay? They've just survived a lot of persecution. They're, they're kind of reintegrating the, the, Israel, the Jewish Christians back into their church. And they probably have had some moments of during persecution when, when maybe family members were being killed, when businesses were being lost, when homes were being burnt to the grounds, when, when things were going wrong that they thought, God, how have, have you forsaken us? And as Paul writes to them, he says, has God forgotten his children? God forbid. Can I just encourage you? that in moments of loneliness where you feel like, has God forgotten me? Remember those two words, God forbid. God hasn't forgotten me. God knows right where I'm at. God knows right what I'm struggling with. God knows the relationship struggle. God knows the, the financial struggle. God knows the emotional struggle that I'm dealing with. God knows the loneliness that I'm feeling. God has not given up on his own. So God, first of all, takes care of, uh, of his own, but then secondly... God always has a remnant. God always has a remnant. I want you to look at verse number four. It says this, But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. We use the word remnant because that's the word that the Bible uses to describe a small group of people who are still left serving God. It actually is a, um, it's a reference to, a, to the clothing industry, okay? So when clothes were made back then and in today's time, when they were cut, there were remnants, okay? And most of the times the remnants were trash, but please listen to this. God can take a remnant of something and turn it into something beautiful. Historically, people who wore the remnant, so if someone was wearing something that was mismatched and had a bunch of different patterns on it, it was because they were that, that, that piece of clothing was made up of the remnants. So they would take all of the leftovers of the rich people's clothes that were perfect and that were tailored and that, that everything matched. They were all the same color. They would take the remnants and they would put something together for the poor people. And so that's what they would wear. And what Jesus is or what God is saying in this passage and what Paul is writing is that there's always a beautiful group of people that God is using. 
There's always someone that is running alongside of you. One of the dangers of being a church of our size is that sometimes we don't always get to, get to inter intersect with other churches, okay? We have a young adults group. There's probably 50 of you in here today. Okay, that's, that's bigger than some churches, all right? And that's exciting and that's awesome. But one of the things that we have to understand is that if Crosspoint ever gets down to running two people, and it's just me and Lauren showing up, okay? If it ever gets down, that doesn't mean that God is done. That doesn't mean that there's no one left serving God. One of the most encouraging things about getting the opportunity to go and visit other churches is that it's exciting to see that what God is doing here, he's doing in Honolulu, Hawaii, he's doing in Florida, he's doing in other places around the world, and he has a remnant. Just this past week, I was um, going to the chiropractor, and he was talking about a missions trip that he had, he had been on, and he was like, do you want, he's like, I got to stand up and I got to testify in front of our church about the missions trip. And he was like, they just handed me a microphone. I didn't know what I was supposed to say. But he said, the one thing that stood out to me, as he said, is that in another part of the world, I sat there and I listened to people worship God. And he said, I knew that they were there. I knew that there were Christians in that area. But he said, it didn't click with me until I saw it with my own eyes. And what we must understand is that just because Franklin Road Baptist Church has 50 people in a young adults group, that you're not the only 50 that are serving God. There are young adults all around this world who have surrendered. And sometimes when you walk onto the campus of MTSU or you walk into your job at Amazon or you go to the hospital, it just kind of feels like, man, am I the only one? And here's what you need to understand is that God always has a group of people who have not bowed their knee to the false idols of this world. The question is for you, and the application is, have you identified with the remnant or with the culture? It's a lot easier to blend in with the majority than it is to blend in with the minority. Which do you identify with when you walk onto the campus of MTSU? What do you identify with when you walk into your job? Uh, are you seen visibly praying over your meal, uh, opening your Bible? We sat down at a random little barbecue place in Kailua or somewhere. I don't even know how to pronounce it, okay? And the couple sat down beside, it was like community seating, which I hate, all right? Like I want to eat my meal by myself and not hear someone that I don't know chew their food, okay? And I have to look down at their nasty flip-flop feet, all right? But we sit down, it's like community seating, and so this couple sits down, they get their food first, and they bow their head, and like, like you know, like you can kind of be judgy as a Christian sometimes, but like you're kind of looking at them, and you're like, oh yeah, I wonder what's going on in their life. And then, and then they sit down, and like, and they pray for their food, and it was like the most biblical prayer, and like I just wanted to like stand up, like, good job, like you get a sticker today for praying for your food. Like, like I had not seen that almost the whole time that we had been there, and we had eaten out, and so then, like, I'm feeling this pressure, like, well, if I heard them pray, like, I got to pray down fire, like, I mean, so, so we, we pray for our food, but it was like, and like, I'm not the type of person, like, I know other people have been like, well, aren't you, like, what, like, and I have to, like, hear their whole life story, like, that's not me, like, I just gave them, like, a thumbs up, like, welcome to the community table of Christians here in Hawaii, all right, and uh, anyways, but like, we prayed for our food, but that was encouraging, and please listen. You as a child of God, when you identify with the remnant that God has reserved to do a work in this world, I can promise you this, that takes more faith than identifying with the culture. It's easy to blend into the world right now. Super easy. 
just get mad about a couple random things and you're good, okay? It's really easy to blend in with society, but it is hard to blend in with the remnant. And it is time for you as a child of God to understand, I'm not in this fight alone. And it may very well be that your boldness is what it requires for someone else to be bold. Part of standing up is that you don't know who is going to stand alongside of you. You think about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? One of them had to decide to not bow to the, to the idol. You do realize that it, it wasn't one of those things to where it was like, all right, we're all going to not bow on the count of three, okay? That's not how it worked. One of them had to say, hey, I'm not bowing, are you? Well, no, I, I wasn't planning on bowing, but I didn't know, I didn't know if you guys were. And so, but because one stood, it gave the others the ability to stand. And if you lack boldness, it may be that there are those around you who are waiting on your boldness so that they can come to the front and they can say, no, 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 I'm with you. So God always has a remnant. God always takes care of his own. But then lastly, and we'll be done. God's people are a work of grace. God's people are a work of grace. I want you to see this in verse number five. Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Just the other day, my daughter and I, we were, our family, we were talking, and Lauren said something about grace, and Blakely goes, what's grace? And we were sitting at the table, and she's two, and we're like, well, and like, how do you explain grace to a two-year-old? And so then Baylor was like, yeah, what is grace? And so we got to talking about it, uh, which they only know grace. They love grace when it means they don't get a spanking. Like, that's when they're like, oh, I love grace, okay? Like, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, right? But when you start to talk about grace, sometimes even us as adults, like we don't really comprehend this idea of grace. You know what grace is? We, I mean, we've given it acrostics like God's riches at Christ's expense and, or like that, getting what you don't deserve or, or all that stuff. Okay? You know what grace ultimately is? Grace is God's loving hand in your life. Simple as that. It's God at work in your life. And sometimes here's what we have the tendency to do, and this is where I'm going to try to wrap all of it up, okay? Sometimes we show up in our suits and shirts, which, by the way, if you don't wear a suit or a shirt or tie, okay, it's not a knock on that, okay? But sometimes we show up to church, and we've got our Bibles under our arms, and we look sharp, and we talk sharp, and we're like, oh, I just, I love, because I love church. Like, let me put some gospel tracts in my pocket. Let me walk in with my Bible. Let me take notes. Like, and we just have this, like, appearance of, like, oh, my goodness, like Mr. Bobby Bible over here, all right? And we look the part, but what we miss is that underneath all of those layers, underneath our Bible tucked under up under our arm and our short haircuts and our nice-looking suit jackets and everything, like walking in, hey, brother, how are you this morning? Isn't it great to be in the house? Of the underneath all of that is a sinner. And so what we miss is when someone walks in that looks like a sinner, we're like, where did you fall off the wagon? Like, get it together, man. Get it together, girl. Like, we've got things to do. We've got people to reach. And here's what you miss in the people of the gospel. Anything good in you is a work of grace. 
And rather than relishing in who you are and what you have done, because he says, if it's of works, then it's not grace. And sometimes what we do is we check the boxes of God. Look what I've done. Look what I do for you. Look at how I look. Look at how I talk. Look at how I live. Look at how I give. Look at how I serve. And we check all of these boxes and we forget that the truth is, is that anything good in us is a work of grace. Here's how that applies. Is when you walk in this place and God has done a work of grace in your heart and in your life, it is easy to love on someone else who needs a work of grace in their life. When you sit down, it's not, oh man, I'm here, everything's going to be good. No, it's who needs to see God's grace in their life. Who can I go love on? Who can I go encourage? Who can I go put my arm around? Who can I go shake their hand and say, hey, I prayed for you this week. What's going on? You want to grab coffee? How can I pray for you this week? Because it's not about us. It's about the work of grace in someone else's life. I firmly believe this, that Christians should be the least lonely people in this world. First of all, you have God who sticketh closer than a brother. Secondly, you should have people around you that you say, you know what, I am going to encourage them. It may very well be this, that you're sitting there and saying, well, Crosspoint doesn't work like that. We just all come here and sit on our phones. Okay, then you do it. You be the one who steps out. Well, our church isn't like super friendly. Okay, then you go be super friendly. You go outside of your box and show the love of Jesus Christ to someone else. And here's what I can promise you. I can promise you that it will help you much more than it probably even helps the person around you. I am naturally a very quiet person. I tell people all the time, I made the statement yesterday, I am an introvert who gets paid to be an extrovert, okay? And it stinks sometimes, all right? But you know what I found? Is when I go outside my box and I find someone to be an encouragement to, I'm the one who leaves better for it. <laughs> when, we walked into, when we walked into the um, singles conference in Honolulu, they gave all of us name tags. And so I put my little name tag on. It says Joel, all right? And, and I actually wore it into the hotel like a dork. So I'm walking into the hotel, like, and there's all these people, like, partying in the lobby. And it's like, hello, my name is Joel. Like, <laughs> welcome to the party, all right? But, like, I'm naturally that, like, type of person. And so the young adults pastor, he, I was like, hey, do you need me to do anything? I was hoping he was like, hey, could you go clean the bathroom? I'm like, absolutely. I'll go clean the bathroom and be by myself. He was like, no, you mingle. Do your thing. And I was like, Pfft do your thing like that's my thing is go sit in the back and not talk to people all right but what I found was that as I started walking around it was then that I got to hear Alex's testimony it was then that I got to meet a guy named Arturo who he was like man it's been my he's like I just finished my first month in kids ministry and he was like I got to teach for the first time last week and I taught on Noah's Ark and I was like that's so cool man it was then that like, we got to meet a guy named James who him and his girlfriend, they had broken up and then they got back together and his mom led his girlfriend to Christ and now his mom is discipling his girlfriend. I walked out of there and I told Lauren, I was like, I have been so encouraged by the testimonies of the people in this place, but here's what I would have missed. If I would have sat back there with my name tag on and said, give me a bathroom job to go and clean, I would have missed the opportunity to see, please listen, the work of grace in someone else's life. 
And sometimes by being just a good old southern church where everybody's good, we're all all right, like we're all saved, we're on our way to heaven, is we miss the work of grace in other people's lives because we just kind of close off and we think like, well, this is it. And the truth is, is that you are the one who's missing out by not branching out. Oh, that's a, that was good. That wasn't even in my notes, all right? Like, we're putting that on the wall, all right? Find someone today that you can say, hey, how's it going? And by the way, it may be burdensome sometimes. Like, not everybody that you walk up to, like, hey, how's your day going? Is going to be like, I love Jesus. Sometimes they're going to be like, it stinks, man. Like, it's awful. My car just broke down. My girlfriend broke up and my dog died. Like, it's like, you need to write a country song, okay? But whatever it takes, live a life to where you say, God, I know you're going to take care of me. Help me to find someone else that you're doing a work in. Let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the day that you've given us. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you so much. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.